0: You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. What a time to be alive, man. Today is, I don't even know, Friday, March 26, 2021. This is the Hot Take Hot Box. It's like 80 degrees out. It is a gorgeous day. Looking to be a gorgeous day tomorrow. Going to be a beautiful weekend. I think it's supposed to rain on Sunday, but who fucking cares? You know, smoke them while you got them. Uh, Lots to talk about. I I don't even know where to stay. The last week we did, oh, I left this podcast saying, like, "Ah, I hope there's more to talk about. And now I I look at this week and now we have so much shit to talk about. My name is Matt McSweeney, by the way. I don't know if I even said that or not, but, I mean, let's just, you know, give a little bit of the rundown, I guess. I mean, the Sixers, the I mean, we'll start with the Eagles. Eagles are are the breaking news today. They traded out of the sixth spot. Uh, reports were that they were looking to move up for Wilson in the three. When when they realized they weren't going to be able to do that, San Francisco traded traded ahead. So San Francisco is now in possession of the three pick. Miami moves back to twelve, and then about like fifteen to twenty minutes later, Miami and the and the Eagles make a move. Miami moves back up to six. Eagles are going back to twelve. Uh, they're swapping mid round picks, and the Eagles are getting a twenty twenty. Two, yes, 2022 first round pick next year. So, uh, you know, I mean, listen, there there's a lot of, I guess, there's gonna be a lot of differing opinions on whether that trade is a good move or not. I personally, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't like trading that pick. I understand you get a first round pick back, but what are the chances that you are looking at drafting this high? Like again. Next, year, I mean, just just looking forward to next year. I mean, the, your only chance of getting that pick would be your own pick, because the, the the if everything goes as planned, Carson plays all the games out in Indianapolis. We have three first round picks next year, and one of them's Miami, one of them is. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, two teams that were on the cusp of the playoffs last year, and it seems like Miami is trending upward. Colts are also trending upward, so you have to imagine those picks are going to be somewhere in the 20 section, uh, you know, give or take a few, maybe 18, 18 to, to 32. It could be any of those. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but you know what I mean. They're they're not going to be uh, per se uh, NFL like lottery picks, okay? Like teams that didn't make the playoffs. So your only chance of picking this high again would be the Eagles is absolutely sucking next year. Which, you know, it's it's possible. So now you are essentially out of the quarterback game unless you pick a Mac Jones at 12. Which will just cause my, I think my head would explode on the spot i I'm already just infuriated because obviously the like like we have said on this podcast and you know I, I always like the pro I, I like to talk about when I'm right and I never talk about when I'm wrong so i uh, they keep saying that they're, they're they're again another example of when they say they're gonna do something and then they do the exact opposite like when like like when they said they were gonna build around car or they were gonna try and uh, mend the carson relationship. There obviously was no intention on doing that, and they, and they shipped them. They're, they, they, you know, no one asked for a trade, but the Eagles never really, whatever, okay? All, all the nonsense that, that we heard back and forth about that. Now we hear a couple weeks ago or a week ago that Jalen Hurts, that they're going to build around him, that, they, that Jeffrey Lurie wants to give him the best opportunity to, you know, be successful, and they want to build a team around him. And then they try and trade for Zach Wilson. So, or the third pick, which they, you know, Ian Rapaport said would be uh, used for Zach Wilson. I'm looking for the tweet, but uh, it looks like he deleted. Is rephrasing an earlier tweet for clarity, which means he probably deleted it. Early on in the draft, in the draft process, the Eagles felt Zach Wilson was a strong prospect, but for where they are, they felt moving back and collecting a future first rounder was a better way to build a team. Yeah, I'm. I mean, in theory, that's probably correct, but the guy, uh, like we, you know, uh, it's just beating the shit out of a dead horse. Uh, Mutilation at this point. But I I mean, how in the fuck am I supposed to feel good about Howie Roseman getting another first round pick? And and who's he? He keeps trading back into into the spot where he continually fucks the pick up, like right in that eighteen, like that that teens range. You know, I know he's twelve, but I'm just saying, like he, well, you have more. Percent chance of success, I would say, picking at six, than you are finding an, a great player at twelve. Now I get the more, you know, the the more picks, the more chances you have, and I get all all that. But I feel like there, this draft is, is telling you that there is a bona fide playmaker right there at the top of this draft. Wow. However you however you split it, now well, maybe they think they can trade back and get that maybe they think uh there's another way to build a team they want an alignment i'm okay that's great that's all cool that's fine but again they were just trying to trade for a quarterback 20 minutes before and once they realized they weren't going to be able to or or trade up in the draft which that makes sense that that seems like a uh, howie maneuver you know he, he he right away turns and trades back because I guess he has no intention on picking a, a wide receiver or any of the guys that we uh, are salivating over or getting excited about. He he has no interest in it. So what 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 would what would be the goal the gain in trading back? Is it about the future drafts, which you know I'm sure he wants people to believe, and it's not. It's not. The only reason you would trade for another first round pick like that is because you plan on trading all of those first-round picks for something. May that be a quarterback. May that be Russell Wilson. May that be Deshaun Watson. Whatever it is, I don't know how possible any of that is. I mean, Deshaun Watson has about 30 civil uh, lawsuits about, out against him, multiplying by the day of women that claim, you know claiming that he's made, you know, like sexual assault allegations and, and whatnot. And it's just all murky and disgusting and, you know, something not something that i'm trading three first round picks for that that's definitely for sure and right now it seems like the you know i had like i literally have no idea what they're doing yeah they're get uh, and i think i tweeted this out earlier i'm just i would be more i, I the only like thing i'm i'm hoping now I'm, i like i feel maybe good is that the the next guy who comes in here next year might be able to you know, I'll have three like this. Could be a enticing job per se. Like you would want to come here because they have three first round picks to deal with, and you can really make your mark. Or you know, like it's a you're going to have a ton of cap room and a you know a, a lot of draft capital to to move and do what you want with. So that makes us more appetizing, more you know, more a better job, a, a, a more of a destination. One thing is for sure, I'm not happy. I I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not about trading that. There. uh, I I feel like to saying there's no way, there's obviously a way, but I just don't feel like there's any way you can get the pick, like, you're not going to get the value you're going to get at six through any of this in the draft. Now, if it's just about trading those, like, just gaining those picks and trading them for a quarterback or they have some other master plan that they're going for, fine. That's great, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of holes in this team, and I I looked at next year's draft. I, I'm not a big fan of next year's draft, and uh, especially if we're gonna try and see that the, my big fear is everyone just thinks, see how Jalen Hurts uh, plays this year. Let's we you know we'll figure it out next year. Basically, like if he has a bad year, we'll just draft a quarterback, and you know we'll figure it out. I think that sets us uh, into a horrible. Uh, like a sick, uh, dirty cycle of just running through these quarterbacks, and I don't want to become the Bears or something like that, where we we're just drafting Mitch Trubisky number one because we have the number one pick, and he's the best, you know, he's the best quarterback this year, so we're picking him. You know, we're gonna pick Sam Howell or whatever next year. Keaton Slovis, so Tyler Slough from Texas Tech. No, thank you. I mean these guys could be could become great players. I mean they have a whole another year to develop and they're, you know, just because they're not the sexy big names doesn't mean they're not going to be great players. I understand that. But I just don't like kicking the can essentially and just basically saying I will figure it out. We'll figure it out next year. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm all for giving him a chance if you're going to actually give him a chance. But I don't want to hear next year that after they just traded this pick and they're going to pick a linebacker or something, which I don't mind. I've 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 pledged for it or, you know, begged for it on this podcast. You don't need to necessarily pick a, any any position anywhere you are. That was my whole thing. Like wide receiver or bust. Like I wasn't wide receiver or bust. It was OK. Like if, if I said, if there's Justin Fields there or if there's this guy there, like you have to consider it. Uh, you know, now that, that we're dropping back, there's going to be linemen and uh, linebackers, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of different talks. The wide receiver is not going to be as much. Maybe a Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle falls to you or Pitts or. No, none of those guys are going to fall, though. That's 12, 12, 12 picks in, in, in between here, so I I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm looking at some mock drafts. They have Devontae Smith coming to us in. Uh, uh, I'm on a pro football network, pod, not podcast, uh, mock draft, chase to the Lions, pits to the Dolphins, uh, you know, I mean, Sewell, uh, it looks like a lot of quarterbacks are going to wind up going, might be all one, two, three, four, that, that, that's what this has, Lawrence, Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance going to the Falcons, so maybe that's what, the, you know, the Eagles are really, we're really all in on a quarterback and when they realized they were going to probably get shut out of it, they didn't want to sit there and pick, you know, God forbid they had to pick Jamar Chase or an SEC wide receiver. He'd rather trade back and get, uh, you know, some guy that, you know, some Pac-12 guy that we've never heard of before, but at least he ran a quick foot. You know, he looked great on tape, you know, and, and you know he has a real bounce. And he's got breakaway speed and all the other dumb shit we always hear that justifies some of the horrific picks that he's made during his tenure here. So the farther you scroll down on this, uh, so we'll go we'll go around twelve. We'll go we'll read a couple ahead because you never know. J. C. Horn ten to the Cowboys, which I heard a couple of people clamoring for on Twitter. I heard. I guess I would be C, but you know when it's in my brain and I say it, then I heard it. You know I don't know. Very confusing there. We'll we'll have to break that down. Devontae Smith to the Eagles, like I said on here, but a couple guys afterwards, Rashawn Slater which is the very uh, versatile lineman that they're talking about out of uh, Northwestern. He sat out the last year. So, it, you know, you don't get the same buzz as like, that's the same reason. Like, I mean, Sewell's up there, but he also doesn't get like the same praise. Cause it's like, Oh, we didn't play last year. So they're just going off the old tape and saying, well, yeah, yeah. We think, you know, he could be this, he could be that. Like, it's just, it's just I don't know. Excuse me, but I don't know. It's just different. Uh, Owosu Coromo, Jeremiah Owosu Coromo from uh, Notre Dame, great, uh, very versatile uh, linebacker, can cover, can, like, you know, can, like, play, can blitz, can, like, you know, he can, he, he can do a lot of shit, I, I'm not sure if he plays, I don't think he does a lot of playing inside, but I think he's a lot, like, he's like a, like a Swiss army knife uh, of a linebacker, if you're gonna pick him, you're getting a great guy there, and Rashad Bateman, you know, uh, I'm not exactly, like, that's, this is the shit I worry about, man. When we get to this, this—I mean, Jalen Waddle's going 16 on this, which I love Jalen Waddle, and had he not gotten injured, I feel like every, there would be a whole different conversation going on right now about the wide receivers and you know and who who they think. But I, I'm just—I'm a little uh, confused uh, as to what the Eagle, you know, what what are they going to do at 12 now? Uh, I, I was convinced that they were going to go for a wide receiver or weapon to you know, it was stupid me to actually think they were going to help Jalen Hurts out. But as it stands now, the they they have him throwing to uh, Rager, Arthego Whiteside, and Folgum, and, and Dallas Goddard. So I mean, this is scary hours here, and I don't I don't know how to. Feel good. I don't know how to feel good about it. I, I saw a lot of positivity uh, from from Eagles fans on on the internet and on my phone and on my in my group chat. People very excited that they have three first round picks next year and blah 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 blah. But what does it matter when the guy making the picks can't make the pick correctly? And I just I actually am hoping for them to trade them. I don't know what you know. Uh, I don't know like what it's going to be for or how they're going to get it done. Could they convince Russell Wilson to waive his no-trade clause to come here maybe or something along those lines? Because the word from them is they keep hearing that, well, Pete Carroll doesn't want to get rid of him and start over, but Russell's like, I'm pretty much done here. And guys like Daniel Jeremiah are saying, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to happen. Like a divorce is in, is imminent. And when, you, you know, you, first, you start talking about it, uh, Green, Green uh, Mike Greenberg uh, on whatever the fuck, uh, Get Up or something, whatever the show is called in the morning, I uh, happened to be watching it today, and he was just talking about a funny thing like, you, you can't, you know, you can't go back. Like, that would be like if you were with your wife, and you're like, yeah, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get divorced, but if I was, these are the four women that I would go and, you know, be okay with uh, leaving you for, basically. It's the same thing, because he's just named four teams and said, yeah, uh, you know, If you can move me to these guys, uh, I'll go. But otherwise, you know, whatever. So there's obviously a situation there, and you you know, he didn't name us as one of the teams. So I would be curious. I I would be curious to see if one of these teams wants Jalen Hurts. You know, if does he entice them in a package to maybe hold over their quarterback situation for the year, or you know, how however long it takes them to you know figure it i i that's i just you see me i'm trying to just figure it out here on, on the air i i don't know i don't get it i don't i don't understand i mean other than that trading for someone that's it like may, maybe if you look down the road like maybe aaron Rodgers becomes available some somewhere along the lines here i i can't th- I. i mean who else would you like and he's older but and you're not, but you're not trading, you know, and you're not trading three, four first round picks or whatnot. And they they obviously wouldn't be interested in Jalen Hurts, but uh, and and Russ, like I said, Russell was, and Deshaun Watson is the only other guy, and, and that guy has his own problems going on. Do you really want him right now? Great talent, you know, twenty five years old. He's got the, the 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 world ahead of him, you know, future wise. But it's you know it's not exactly he's not exactly in a great situation right now. And I, I don't know if that's something that you want to take on. It just, it tra- not even that. It's just trading first three first round picks or the whatever the price is going to be. Is that worth is that worth it for that as well? I say no. Not right now. Not right now. Because I need a little more. I need a little more clarity on what's going on there. I am I am not trading for that problem. If it, you know, I I I need more homework done. I need you know we need to know if this guy's a serial rapist or wh- whatever is going on because it. Uh, you know, I I know accusations are accusations until you know, whatever. But I I just gotta say, it doesn't look good when twenty women are accusing you of of, of doing something. You know, you the the argument against it is, oh, it's all for money. But you know, as uh, well, is that much? How much money are they really after? Is it really worth it? Twenty? You know, like those are the questions that are just popping off in my head. And uh, you know, with the Eagles, you know they signed Joe Flacco. That that obviously means nothing. I mean, if they if they traded up for Wilson, this place would have that, that quarterback room would have been a fucking cesspool of just you know Flacco trying to figure it out, hurts trying to steal the job from everyone, and yeah, you know, hurts like Jesus, dude. Can I go anywhere where they ever like give me a shot though and believe in me? But hurts also, you know, I have my own. Uh, Doubts and criticisms of him as a as a quarterback, but he's a young guy. You know, he's 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 only gotten better since his days in Alabama. Like Alabama, he was strictly a you know basically a running uh, a dual threat quarterback. Like he wasn't much of a throwing threat, honestly. Like he was, you know, strictly like tuck and run, and uh, it was like the throwing part of it wasn't really like a uh, a huge like. I, no, we weren't scared of Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, especially his time in Alabama. You see him in Oklahoma he's you know he's getting better he's you know becoming more of a well-rounded quarterback he's obviously got the athleticism that's not going anywhere but he was starting to beat teams more with his arm and you just saw him his evolution as a quarterback and you see him last year last year in the NFL I mean he had some good and he had some bad but you know he played better uh, objectively he played better than Jay, uh, than Carson Wentz did in his time with the pretty much the exact same system and he beat the New Orleans Saints, so you know, play great in that Cardinal game. Didn't exactly play great in the Cowboy game, but he had had his moments. He was playing well in the in the Washington game until he was sat. I I truly believe we would have won that game if Jalen Hurts was the quarterback. And you know, the tank, the tanking of that game, in some ways, gets us this first round pick today, via the Miami uh, Dolphins. So it's, you know, there there's a lot of, a lot of flux, a lot uh, is up in the air. I, I am worried about the status of my Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know what the next, what the next move is. I think it, it, it might be, I, it's got to be probably a trade of, of, of the, you know, a trade of those picks for a quarterback. That's what I think that their big move is. Obviously I don't think that, that like, that's going to be the next immediate move they'll make, but I'm just saying like in the horizon, the, what they're, what they're thinking is they're eventually going to be in the market for one of these uh, you know, quarterbacks that, you know, become available guy, maybe like a, a guy like Stafford or something, you know what I'm saying? Like not him specifically, but so a guy becomes available after, you know, years of playing for a certain franchise and, you know, I'm sure like you could trade for Matt Ryan now if you wanted to. If yeah, that's not my thing, but I'm just saying like if you thought he was a good quarterback, you could probably trade a couple picks for him and you would you could get him start over. Just stop recording there. Sorry. Uh, start over your whole franchise and you know go from there. I don't know. I just don't know, man. I I, I know I keep saying it, but I can't fi- I just can't. Uh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt, dog. I really wanted, I really wanted a weapon. I wanted an SEC beast, but I, I think Howie just refuses to do it for whatever reason. And now we're gonna sit at twelve, and we will basically have to pick the scraps of whoever is left. I guess the only good thing is all the quarterbacks will be gone. That'll eat up a lot of the picks and may drop some of the guys. But well, you know, what are the chances that we even hold on to the 12th pick? Well, they could trade back up, or you know, who knows, man. I, I I'm so off on what they're thinking. I have no I have no literal clue. They're obviously trying to get a quarterback, and that's all we know. That's all they've done. That's the only thing they've done in free agency. They signed a safety from the from the from the Vikings, Anthony Adams. Uh, outside of that, they've they've signed Flacco, and they overpaid him, and, and, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, but they because they love the backup quarterback position here, and it's you know for good reason. It's it's proven to be important for uh, our whole existence, and you know, a name like Nick Foles is all you need to say. So, I'm sure the the we'll we'll know more as the days go on. But I'm uh, i I'm, I'm a little I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little sad, man. Just sad. Not gonna get my playmaker. And you know maybe maybe we do, but not gonna get the the Jamar Chase, the the marquee name that we were set up to get. Highest pick we've had since Lane Johnson. And we trade out of it to get a first round pick in next year's draft, which in my opinion, is is not, not no, nowhere near as good of a draft as this is projected to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. Schefter talking about 49ers have been attempting to move into the top five picks for several weeks now per sources. They discussed trading up with Dolphins at three, Falcons at four, Bengals at five, and ultimately decided to go as high as they could per sources. There were no trade-up talks with the Jets at number two because the Jets are taking a quarterback. So there, there you have it. Eagles are obviously in the market for a quarterback. They couldn't get Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looked nuts at his at his uh, pro day today, which is probably why all these dudes are just nutting in their pants at their desks, getting reports of it, and they're just all trying to trade up for these picks. I wonder who the Jets go with it to. It's probably Wilson, but you don't know Lawrence Wilson. And then probably Fields, I would imagine, then Lance, yeah. so Fields to San Fran? Probably. Probably, I could see that. Sorry for hitting the thing there. I don't know what they do with Jimmy G. Does Jimmy G interest you? No, not really. Not as, nah, I mean, I'd rather give Jalen Hurts a chance than go and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause he's shown that he is just kind of uh, mids. He's he's a loud pack of that mids. Doesn't uh, th- doesn't excite me. Doesn't do anything for me. And there's only, I mean there's uh, pretty much of the quarterbacks that I would trade the three first round picks for or, or or like you know sell the farm for. Uh, you know of anyone that might be available. I'm about to look through some of these teams. Uh, This list is kind of brutal. Uh, Stafford is gone. Rogers, Watson, you know, Derek Carr, probably not. Herbert, obviously no. Tua's in Miami. Kirk Cousins, nah, no. Sam Darnold. No. Uh, I would barely give them anything. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's struggle. It's the struggle bus here. I mean, it's literally Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. Those are the only three quarterbacks that they could trade these picks for. Uh, other than moving up or just selling the farm to get like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or something like that. You know, that that's it. Or, or moving up in the draft, which they already tried. That 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 ship has sailed, obviously. So, let's either get those quarterbacks or slowly, methodically build this team and hope that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. Which I, what you, what people I think are not understanding is that yes, we as fans have all the time in the world. We can sit here and watch this team grow and pick these guys. I don't think Howie has that kind of time. I think Howie needs results. Howie needs something to show the boss to let him know that he still is capable of doing this job. Because I think, as much as we, you know, the, uh, talk about the relationship between these two and how how he's not going anywhere, I do think that at a certain point, Howie's going to need to show something. Because I think Jeff, if Jeffrey really does listen, people are people are starting to uh, people have one hundred percent turned on Howie. They're out on him. So if stuff like this doesn't work, and I don't know when people are going to stop showing up to the games, if they ever will, how you can make it actually hurt? But it seems like it, 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 you know, at a certain point they'll have to look at Howie if, if it doesn't work. If Jalen Hurts is a bust, but then you know Jeffrey Lurie wanted Jalen Hurts. So you know who the fuck? Well, this is such a, a what a clusterfuck cesspool this is. Just disgusting, murky mess. That now we have to deal with. And thank God to Doug Peterson for being gone and, you know, for for his own sake. And I'll never, ever give credit to Carson Wentz because he abandoned us. Okay? He 100% abandoned us. Don't ever forget it. Stop showing him support. He doesn't love you, he only loves the people in Indianapolis, people that are like his culture. All right, enough Eagles. Let's move on. Sixers trade deadline the, the deadline we've been waiting for okay this is literally why I I didn't do the podcast yesterday because I was sitting around waiting for a big deal to get made and the only pretty much the only big deal that was made was Oladipo to Miami Vucevic to the Bulls which those are two middling uh, you know sort of moves Kyle Lowry does goes nowhere Norman Powell, other names they got traded, but we didn't have JJ to Dallas and Norman Powell to Portland, and we got George Hill. Yeah, yep, George Hill, George Hill. Okay, so George Hill, he's been on. He's the the good thing is he's a veteran. He's been on a lot of playoff teams, championship seeking teams played for the Bucks last year. He played for the Cavs. He played for the fricking uh, the Pacers when George, when Paul George was there. He has uh, championship experience. That's ne- not necessarily winning a championship, but knowing what it takes to you know be at that level and be in the hunt. I mean, he played for the Spurs. He came in, and got drafted by the Spurs, so. He knows what it takes, and he, he, he's been around them guys, and he was molded through that, you know. and He's been through the league Spurs, Pacers, Jazz, Kings, Cavs, Bucks, Thunder, now the Sixers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is his eighth team, if my math is correct. I'm not very good. At, that's why I got into talking. I'm not a very good uh, mathematician. But, you know. Uh, Jay, that that I was about to say Jalen Hurts because I just want to keep talking about Jalen Hurts. I fucking love him. Um, the that that move pretty much does does literally nothing for the Sixers. I mean, last time w- that we really, uh, I mean, George Hill was really like the man. I mean, he averaged seventeen points a game in Utah, in sixteen, seventeen. Last few years, nine, six, ten, when he was playing for Cleveland. Dear God, I mean, you know, it's it's not a, a horrible move. I mean, they traded Tony Bradley, Terrence Ferguson, and two second round picks. So it's essentially a not like a nothing move to get a, a backup point guard and take the take the responsibilities away from Shake because he's a horrible point guard. He, he's strictly a bucket getter. I mean, at least Lou could have like faked it. Shake can't fake it. He is not. He cannot run the offense at all. And shout out to Lou for getting traded back to Atlanta. It, 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 George Hill is it's great, it's nice, but I saw a lot of our competitors get better. I saw a lot of the teams that we are chasing and going to be calling uh, foes in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs, adding guys and mainly just Miami. Really adding the Oladipo is brutal, and they you know I. I, I that's just a that's just a a, a good squad, and they kept Harrow. so they're just. I think they only traded Olenek and a guy I'm forgetting. Ah, Avery Bradley. Okay, yeah, that's why I'm forgetting. Uh, because who the fuck cares? Uh, he was, yeah, Celtics days were a long time ago, Avery. <clears throat> so the Sixers. That's it. I was very disappointed. I was. It was kind of like uh, laughable to see the the Raptors hold on the Lowry after all that nonsense. The demands the were they were they were, uh, they were fucking ridiculous. Let's just let me stop trying to censor myself. They were fucking ridiculous. They wanted Maxi Thibault and two first round picks. Now the picks, I'll give you with the NBA and the, and the, where the Sixers are. Those picks are basically second-round picks. Now, you can get guys like Maxie there, but when you're talking about making a trade for a uh, sure thing, a bona fide, an actual, you know, where you've seen the guy in the NBA and you don't have to wait for the, you know, to reap the rewards, yeah, it's 100% worth it. And, you know, trading Maxi and Theibel, you know, Theibel, a guy that's in your rotation, you know, that's tough. That's all that, you know, the players and the picks, there's conversation that can be had there. There, you know, we can talk about whether that's a good move or not. I don't really want, I don't love trading Thiebel for Kyle Lowry. But one thing that I was never fucking down for, and I, it made me sick that this was just like people were okay with this, is signing that guy to, uh, to a, uh, an extension. He's 34, 35 years old. I'm not giving that guy 25 million dollars for more years, like per year. He they were saying they were looking at a two year around 25 per extended, another two seasons. That totally takes you out of any, you know, free agents or any additions that you would want because you have a 36-year-old point guard. You know, and he would be basically an off guard here or, you know, him and he would be sharing point guard responsibilities with Ben Simmons. And for multiple years, I mean, I, I mean, do we think he's going to continue to play at this level at 36, 37? I doubt it. I, I highly fucking doubt it. I'm not trading. I'm not trading all that for that. Kyle Lowry is not worth that. I mean, and he, and he, he never, he never really was. Not no offense to him, but that's just that's just what it is. I would make that trade if if it was James Harden who was thirty four. When I like, I'm not trading for an old basketball player like that. Giving you all that first rounders, my two young piece, my young prospects that I, you know, are basically my blue chips. Like those are, those are my that's those are my pieces. Those are my trade pieces. If I ever need to add a say, you know, like a like a Harden level, like a Beal level, someone like that, those are the guys that they're going to want to ask for. You get rid of them, who are you going to trade? So I mean, it, it's it was like I said. I think I tweeted this out. I was happy, but I'm not happy because. I wanted them to make a move I wanted to see them get get another I uh, get a piece and I, I still feel like we could have gotten in on on that Miami trade the, the, the to the Rockets I, I have a feeling that there's a, a huge thing with the uh, Daryl Morey and you know the owner Toman Fertitta and the, there there's a, a lot of like secret beef going on there maybe not even secret that they won't they're not really like willing to deal with us Avery Bradley Kelly Olenek first round swap rights those swap rates include the Brooklyn Nets pick, so like I, you can't tell me we couldn't have beaten that, or or tried to make the the money work. Uh, you know, I saw everyone was sucking Danny Green off because he finally made some open threes the other you know last night. That's just because he was playing his old squad. That doesn't change the fact that that guy has made some of the worst passes and decisions and, and all season long. I have no problem with Danny Green is standing, catching, and shooting. But anything other than that, once he starts dribbling and making decisions, that's where that's where the problem comes along. I don't have a problem when you're standing there. So maybe it's good that they got a George Hill that they can take responsibility off of other guys and he can handle the ball, make decisions, and you can trust him. He's a little older. And he's signed to next year. So I, like I said, I would like to have seen him do more. But I can't necessarily complain because this team is already elite. They, you know, they're number one in the Eastern Conference for a reason. You know, I, I could sing their praises all day. They didn't necessarily need a whole overhaul or you know huge star to come in here, but I would have liked some help for these guys. <clears throat> and I hear a lot of people saying that uh, buyout market, buyout market. But if we're, historically people are not going to pick Philadelphia to come play basketball over going to Miami or Los Angeles or or, or you know places like that, even Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn now has you know three of three of the best basketball players on planet Earth. You know, and people like Blake Griffin and guys are going. You know, all sorts of veterans are going there. It looks like LaMarcus Aldridge is he's getting bought out. He's going to go to Miami. That's what the you know that front runner. He said he's going to discuss a lot of, with other teams, but he, that's what he's looking at. And now Drummond's available. Not that we necessarily need a center, but it would you know we just need something, man. We need some help. I thought we could have used like another a Norman Powell kind of guy. He it was expensive what he got. Trade he got traded for a couple of like Gary Trent and someone else. So I, I'm not exactly you know. And you would have to pay him after that. There's all that situation, but because uh, I'm not giving you a ton of picks for a, you, know, you know, I'm not giving up a lot of guys for a rental. I'm not giving up that much. So the the price has to be right, and I th- I just feel like you know Daryl wanted to make a move, and I'm I know Dar- I'm not faulting the Sixers or Daryl. I. I know they were trying to make a move, and the the Raptors are trying to hold them over a barrel, and they were they were just not they were not doing it. They don't need we're not in a position where we need to. We're not desperate, <clears throat> but I do hope we don't look back and regret not making a move come playoff time when we really you know when we need these guys when we need. When, when we need another thing or when, if something bad, ha- you know, I'm just, I don't want to, I don't want to regret not making a move, but I understand why they didn't and why they, you know, had to be uh, frugal and not, not, you know, just pay pay the piper because it's, it's not really worth it. It's not, not a 28 year old Lowry. It's not a, you know, it's not a young guy that you can build around and, no, or not even build around like put, bring him in and make him a part of this nucleus for a long period of time kyle lowry you know yeah maybe you could have if you think that he can help you at 36 at a high level but i feel like leaving that spot open is the much better um you know decision that's why i was mad initially when they signed tobias harris because i thought he's not worth the money and you'd rather leave that spot open for somebody else in the future to come and take that that money that slot and but it goes to show you how wrong I've been. I mean, this year he's been he's been on on fire. Uh, he he's been well worth every dime that we've paid him, and you can attribute that to many different things. Uh, Doc Rivers being one, and all you know, just him playing better, honestly. Because we uh, there was a, I think the way they may have used him in the last system was probably a little fucked up, just having him stand in the corner and not creating any offense and just being like a set shooter, like. You know shooting threes catch and shoot in the corner which is not really his game he he can make threes but it's a it's a lot of different anyone who's hooped it's different you know some guys are more off the dribble kind of guys and I'm like I personally I'm not a catch and shoot guy I, I I'm a I, you know anyone who knows me I, I shoot the ball a little bit but I, I I'm I prefer putting the ball on the floor first and like going left or right like kind of like being off balance uh, as opposed to Setting, standing in the or standing in the corner and shooting and making threes I can do it but I prefer doing it the other way just because I guess that's how it's always been like playing in the backyard and playing it down at the uh, down at Wedgewood, down and down at the at the proving ground you know I always had to be putting on the floor and moving left or right or creating you know you have to be creative to get your own shotguns if you guys all know I'm not that athletic so you know right, there's a little of a tidbit of, of mcSweeney's basketball corner right there dude you, you guys all want to see me out there on the streets my my time's a little past me. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I won't lie to you. So let's talk about the uh, Sixers. I still got it though. I don't wanna I don't wanna you know, let us not disrespect myself. I, I still got it. I can still hoop. My IQ level's high, and I I can help any team coming off the bench anywhere out there, folks. Matt McSweeney at Hot Take Hot Box at Matt McSweeney. You hit me up if you need a shooting guard or off or, or point guard or bench point guard. I can I can play point guard. I'm not kidding. Back to the Sixers, so let's start where we left off, which was last Thursday Yes, so the Sixers played they had a couple off days they played the Kings at home blew them out 129 105 Shake Milton 28 Tobias Harris 29 Just you know another night Tony Bradley at 14, you know RIP to the to the to his Sixers career to the legend Build around Tony Bradley, and it looks like the uh, Thunder took that very seriously. They're not playing around. Very smart decision, as Joel would say. Building around Tony the Go Bradley. Then Sunday night they go back to back. They 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 ride up to New York. Ugly game. They try to blow it at the end. Tobias misses two free throws. Uh, Just turn like a. If I remember, there was like a horrific turnover at the end of the game. They they just tried to blow. It. They had it wrapped up, and then they tried to blow it, and they got lucky. I think Randall misses his shot at the end. The Sixers win by one point one oh one to one hundred. Then, yes. Then I'm sorry. I was looking at. The, I was about to talk about the Bucks game again because I'm still pissed about him sitting on the fucking court so disrespectfully. He would never have done that if Embiid was playing. For the record, that's just that—that's still a thing that bothers me. Like you just—you act tough when my big brother's not around. Wait till my big bro's home. Let's see if you talk that talk when my boy gets here. That's how I feel, dude. They now they go on that West Coast trip that we were talking about. Uh, a little bit different now, you know. We played played the Warriors, no Steph. You played the Lakers, no AD, no no LeBron. So we're kind of getting lucky here with with no Embiid. You know these games were looking like daunting. And now you know it's not so much. I mean, still we got tomorrow night against the uh, Clippers, which is a different story. But you say you know, and then Nuggets. But you we already won the first two. You get done this uh, road trip, this West Coast road trip at two and two. I'll take it, bro. I will take it. So. Uh, I, I kind of skipped ahead there, so you know they they beat the Warriors. It's kind of, they kind of uh, handle the game from from the 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 jump basically. Uh, you know they they kind of blow it in the third quarter. Golden State has a forty point third quarter, which is you know pretty crazy. Tobias has twenty five, Simmons twenty two, Cork Maz. You know they're doing this all without Curry Embiid. Seeing a lot of uh, you know a little more more of a ball Paul now, which is encouraging. You know the G League Player of the Year, MVP and shit like that. Dwight Howard gets thrown out last night in the Laker game for basically nothing, but it was just stupid for him to walk over and kind of even put himself in that situation. But it was, it was so. The NBA officials have been so soft this year. They get their feeling. They get in their feelings about literally anything. You know, you're not allowed to you know bounce balls too high or say certain words or you know whatever, dude. It just seems like they. And like ref, a guy I'll be talking to a ref, and he won't tee him up. But another guy that was across the court doesn't like the way he's talking to him and will tee him up. Which doesn't make any sense. That has nothing to fucking do with you, dude. So mind your own fucking business. But, <clears throat> but, but anyway, moving on. So the Sixers, fucking clean house from the last time we talked, folks. 4-0. Win, 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 win. Next week, we got Clippers on Saturday. Nuggets on Tuesday. And then we got the Cavaliers on Thursday, so we'll probably only have the two games—the Nuggets and Clippers games—to talk about. They travel back home or back, you know, east, play the, uh, the Cavaliers in the last leg of their road trip. And then, you know, hopefully by that time, maybe, uh, you know, Embiid—I'm thinking by, I don't know, by like mid-April, we'll start—we'll start getting him. We'll get Embiid back. I'm sure soon we'll start hearing about how, you know, how he's doing or updates or when when should we expect him back. Because, you know, trading Tony Bradley doesn't exactly tell me that he's going to be out for a long time, you know. Because we don't really—it's just Dwight Howard, and you know that's pretty much it. They don't really have a, another center. I know they went out of training trade Vincent Poirier. you know, Rip Rip the Poirier, man. Yeah, I really liked him when I went to the game, you know. He G- gets into the game in a forty-point game. I I don't know how that dude's in the league. I don't know what he does. I know he's probably a good... Like, if he played me, he'd smoke me. But I'm just saying, like, how is that guy? What does he do? So, enough enough Poirier roasting. Uh, I look forward to the Sixers game this week. I look forward to the buyout... The buyout market! The buyout market and seeing um, what's available and maybe convincing someone to come here or maybe someone's interested in playing here and wants to, you know, chase a championship here because this is a great opportunity, I believe, to win a championship. This team is just, a, you know, not that they need anyone, but it would help. It would certainly help. And I think, I just, you know, I just think, se- thinking that you're good and being comfortable with the team you have and thinking it's good enough is just not something that, I like it. Doesn't make me, you know, I, I, it doesn't make me feel good. I don't. I don't think we should be comfortable. We should always be trying to get better and always be trying to get, you know, more help and more pieces here because that, that's what's going to win. That's what's going to win championships, man. You see those Miami teams, all, all those Heat, uh, the the Warrior teams, the the guys that you know that would that would come and just tag on at the end. You know, Andrew Bogan would get traded, they bought out, come right back. And we just need the Sixers need more uh, more pieces to just help this whole situation because you're counting on a lot of guys who've never been there, guys like Thibault and Shake and Corkmaz. You're gonna be counting on a lot of dudes who've never played in the big time, in the NBA Finals and wh- whatnot. You know, I'm not, I'm not I'm not even getting that far, but I'm just saying. And uh, you know, under the bright lights, these guys have been in playoffs, but have you played the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah. In prime time, in front of everyone. And now we need you to make threes, and we need you to do this, we need you to do that, or the team loses. Uh, and, and, you know, to each his own. Enough of that. Let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some flyers. Flyers lose eight to three last night. All right. So NCA tournament. I don't really want to. You know, I'm not going to go over every game and whatnot. I do just want to kind of talk about some teams that are. Still around, uh, Oregon. It's crazy. Four Pac-12 teams made it through. Uh, not like none of the Big Ten teams, right? Michigan. Only one Big Ten team, and, and you know a lot. A lot of the uh, a lot of the usual suspects. You got so the first game, which is tomorrow afternoon, Oregon State, Loyola, Loyola Chicago. Give me, give me Loyola Chicago. Give me the Ramblers. The Ramblers are hot. They're skilled, well coached. Oregon State is a uh, momentum-based team. It seems like they're just the hottest team in basketball right now. But they've been off for a week, you know, about about a week. And uh, it seems like in the tournament, this momentum eventually runs out at a certain point. And I'm betting that it ends it ends tomorrow at around 4:40, 5 o'clock. Nova and Baylor. Nova is a great team. Give me Baylor. Uh, I you know all love to Jay Wright and the Nova Wildcats, but Baylor's tough, dude. Oral Roberts and Arkansas. I'm gonna take taking Arkansas. These are all just my own selfish bracket picks. So I'm not you know Syracuse. The zone's been tough. Houston, I think will be athletic enough to beat them. Give me Houston. The Zags are the toughest team in the nation. They are going to win the national championship. Playing Creighton. Creighton's been they they look you know they're they're tough dude they they veteran team lots of seniors, a lot of different uh, skill sets great point guard in Zygurowski. they got they do Bishop in the middle I think he's thirteen or I don't even it's like a forty I don't even remember honestly what number he is so I watched so much basketball this weekend it's hard to keep track the Loyola also has that big white dude who's was a beast bro and uh and the brothers on Eastern Washington that's you know. That was another group of uh, guys that I uh, I liked. Florida State-Michigan is a tough game, bro. Florida State really has trouble scoring, but they're great on defense. And Michigan surprised me by just being able to put it on LSU the whole game. So that one, I don't have a pick. So, you know, have that, have that what you will. Alabama and UCLA is another tough game. UCLA has three. The three dudes with the Jays are unbelievable. Alabama is another team, another SEC team that just runs like a track meet the whole game. Athletic, plays hard defense the whole game. Oregon and USC. Oregon just ran a track meet on Iowa. Iowa was way too slow to keep up. And USC. Run. Uh, they're coached by Andy Enfield, which is the dude who was the uh, Dunk City Florida Gulf Coast coach. Uh, I'm all in on that team. I don't know how much they're paying the Mobleys to go there, but I think they're going to make it worth it. I Think they beat Oregon. You know, Oregon's only had to play one game. They got out on the. Uh, they got out had not having to play the uh, one game against VCU because of COVID. VCU had to uh, forfeit the game, and you know they moved on. So that those are this weekend's games and. Monday and Tuesday, they'll be playing the Elite Eight, which is sick. And then, you know, we'll do the same thing we usually do Saturday for the Final Four. And then Monday National Championship. All that happening in Indianapolis and in the state of Indiana. And uh, the tournament has been great. If you haven't been watching this year, you've been missing out. Uh, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. I watched all the games, even though FanDuel was ripping me for money the entire weekend. I enjoyed it. I happily gave him money, cause it's just you know game after game after game, and just constantly something to watch from the time twelve fifteen hits until around twelve at night, you know one o'clock. There's games on all night. And you got something to you know uh, you know have action on or your bracket or you know your 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 team that you're a fan of. There's always just something going on or just an intriguing matchup, like uh, Oral Roberts, you know taking just taking down all comers and. Wanting all the smoke, folks, all the smoke. Because I'm trying. I mean, just they, they, they have two guys that are unbelievable. I can't think of their names right now. But Oral Roberts has been incredible. They beat Florida and they beat Ohio State. Now Florida was kind of fraudulent in my mind before, but you know, it was a great. That was a great game. I, I did watch that. The Iowa, yeah. So you know. Tournament is one of my. I I was born during this time. My birthday was just this past week. I love the NCAA tournament. I I think I feel like I was born into it. I was this. This is you know. Uh, uh, I was born in it. I suffered in it. No, I I just I just love the tournament. I love the you know the the hope and the the possibilities and just anything is possible. Anyone can win on any given game. It's just one game. Can you know if you don't come to play, you think you're better than them or whatnot? And you. The other team, you know, the other team thinks they're going to win. They'll come in or like Oral Roberts does and just shock the world time after time. And, you know, you look at the seeds, the seedings that are left, 12, 15, 11. 12, 15, 11. Two 11s, yeah. So uh, great parity, great, you know, we saw a couple one seeds go down. Or just one, I'm pretty sure. Just the one one seed. Pretty awesome, man. Kansas goes down. Every year, never disappoints. My Irish did not make the tournament, and they're bringing back Mike Bray again. Very disappointing. Very unfair. Very sad. So, you know, what's next? Fills. Uh, true. Well, by the time we – this podcast next week, we might be we'll, – we'll, we'll be talking about some fills. We'll be, we'll be getting ready for the game and – I'll probably yeah I'll probably have to either do a Wednesday or Thursday pod just to talk just to talk about the fills get get ready for baseball season and you know feel the vibe see what see what we're doing see see what everyone thinks about you know the upcoming year. All right, man. All right. So moving on, I guess we should talk about a little bit of UFC. Oh yeah, baby. Nothing like two big dudes fighting, baby. Nothing like it. And especially when they're trained killers. If you saw two dudes that were 260 pounds fighting outside the mall, you would stop with your with your bag of any hands and you'd turn and look and go, oh my God, those are some big fellas and they're swinging. And you would stop and you would observe until one of them eventually fell. That's what's going to happen on Saturday night, folks. Francis Nganu, Stepe Miocic... Saturday night for the world heavyweight title, the baddest man on the planet in the UFC and in the world. Man, this is this is one of those ones you you're, you're gonna be around the TV, folks. I tell you, not every weekend is a uh, you know shut shut your plans down and make sure you're ready around the TV at around twelve o'clock. But this is one of those nights, and the the card below it. I mean, Sugar Show returns as much flack as I've given that man and I have not listened to anything he said before the fight cuz I don't I don't want to hear it I don't really care I need to be shown it and even against Thomas Almeida we'll talk about it afterwards probably if he knocks him out and say yeah so what what's next but still you know uh, every fight is an important fight cuz if it's not if you don't view it like that then you will get knocked the fuck out so the 2018 was uh, the uh, this Nganu Stipe fight is a rematch from 2018 where Stipe went all five rounds? He wrestled him, he dominated him, and Ingunu just looked, you know, he looked lost. He looked green, as they would say, and he just looked like he had no idea what he was doing when it came to the wrestling aspect of the of the of you know of fighting. So, you know, right after that, he goes and fights. Uh, you know, that's in July. I remember that UFC 226. Co-main event against Derek Lewis, where they just kind of stood in front of each other and respect. They respected each other too much, but Derek Lewis did a little more. And you know that was on the co-main event of Stipe and DC for the record. Curtis Blade, he knocked out Curtis Blades. Then he go th- like this is the I'm just kind of explaining to you the run he went on to get back to the title. Okay, then he knocks out Kane Velasquez, he knocks out Junior Dos Santos, two heavyweight champions of the past. And he knocks out Jarzinho Rosenstrike. He also knocked out fucking, you know, Curtis Blades, which, you know, uh, Derek Lewis just made it look easy, but that's not an easy feat. Derek, Curtis Blades' three losses are, I believe, Nganu, Nganu, Derek Lewis. You can just see what his, his Achilles heel is, what is just, you know, a guy who can hit you with a frying pan of a right hand, then just put your lights out, which... No shame in that, bro, because any anyone who got hit by that punch that which was timed perfectly, you know, would have gotten knocked out. And that that will be said for Ngannou, you know. Maybe not the on Saturday if you believe Steepay is going to win, which he very much could, or you know, or not. Ngannou just knocks people out. He's going to continue to knock people out. So let's go over this, all right? Ngannou's the favorite. He's my. I'm going to go off of the UFC. I'm on the UFC website. I'm just gonna go off what they say. You know how, how it's very different. You know, in all different places. But the, I'm just letting you know what I'm going off of. The odds I used last week when I went and looked on Fanduel after were fucking weird. And I'll talk about the last week's card because we. If you look listen to any picks again, you know some weeks you fade, some weeks you don't. You should have faded last week because I, I think I got hammered last week. I you know the the Gregor Gillespie card. The fight got canceled. Holland didn't take it. See, I'll get into it. All right. So let's stay on stay on one thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes you lose focus, people. Right. So Stepe, man, he's the best ever. You know. And if you're getting the best ever as an underdog, then I think you got to take it, dude. I really do. If he's a, a, any sort of underdog, you have to take it. I I, I will bet in KO because I just think that that's my gut is telling me that it's Francis's time. He's. I. I don't think people just think he's going to be able to. is going to be able to wrestle his way to a win here. I don't think so. If you watch the first fight, the first fight was a lot closer than you may. You know, you may believe as much. You know, after as much time has passed and the more people talk about it, you would. I thought differently of it when I went back and watched it. I said, "Wow, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was." You know, he still won. He still dominated him. But I, in my brain, I had this thought of it just being this complete bloodbath. And it just seemed like a guy who, you know, tried to knock him out in the first round, gassed himself out, but stayed in the fight the entire time. Never quit, never let himself get finished. He ate a lot of shots and just continued to fight. And he, he hurt Stipe a couple times. Because, you know, that's. But is tough, dude. He's not going to be an easy out. And it's all going to be about if Francis can keep this fight where he wants it standing up. And can can Stipe get inside without getting hurt? Because the first fight, the first round was just such chaos. And it was just the way that Francis was fighting at the time. There was no real thought process to it. It was just kind of rush and just try to throw everything I have into this, into that, and just, you know, go for the kill. I think a big thing in this fight will be Ganu having Usman in this corner. I imagine Usman has been, you know, helping him to, you know, I'm sure in in general, but especially for this fight, just knowing what to do to defend yourself on a takedown and, you know, just giving him any sort of expertise and, you know, advice. That's what he said. He said he's given emotional support and wrestling expertise. And that's the perfect guy to, to have for, you know, I'm sure both of them because Kamaru's been, you know, he's been in these championship environments. He's been, he's had his back against the wall. He's. You know, and he's fought back, and he's battled, dude, and he's <clears throat> well deserving, and you know, very worthy of the title of champion. So that that's you know that's a great guy to have in your corner, and that that fight, man, is just going to be from an entertaining level, whether you have money on it or not, or you have a pick, or you think one way or the other. It's just going to be great to sit back and watch those two fight and see the you know the chess match that happens in, in, in a uh, mixed martial arts bout. See if Francis made the adjustments. Has he worked on his wrestling? You know, I'm sure he has. Is it good enough to stop Stepe from, you know, taking him down? Will Stepe be able to chain takedowns together without tiring himself out? I mean Stipe's in some great shape. He's given up about thirty pounds to Francis. Can Francis connect? All those questions will be answered on Saturday night. They both made weight. The fight is on, the fight will happen. And I am, oh, man, I'm excited. I can't wait. My official prediction is a, uh, it's probably a Francis KO. And It's nothing against Stipe. I just think, you know, you, you, I don't think Stipe is going to be able to get him out of there. So I feel like he's going to have to go 25 minutes again. And That's a dangerous game to go with Francis because I think Francis is expecting to go 25 minutes this time. I don't think, you know, I, I think he, like he's even said, his mental, where he was in his mental was not good at that time. And, you know, I, I think that you're going to see a lot a lot better version of Francis this time against Stipe, but you're also going to see a better version of Stipe. And, I, I, you know, if anyone's on there saying I'm an idiot whatnot, you know, I'm not disrespecting Stipe at all. Stipe is the greatest of all time, and he is he's an incredible fighter. So, you know, I, don't doubt him. I, I would say. Don't think that this is an easy fight or that Ngannou is going to walk out of this easily. You know, like, no problem. And don't be scared to take Stipe. Stipe, Stipe fight line, money line, whatever. I like, I'll just say money line. And I see fight line sometimes. It's so stupid. Money line. Stipe, that if he continues to go up, because I imagine the late bet will probably be on Ngannou and Stipe, may, maybe the people will come in, though, and bet the champion, which is also a possibility. So, But... If I, what i'm basically trying to say is if that Stipe number goes up if it continues to go up you know plus 1 i i i don't know what it is in actuality 130 140 then you know sure you have to bet Stipe. but if the k if the ko number is right i'm going to i'm going to tell you folks right now because that's how much i care about you what the numbers are on the steep A fights? flights Stipe is plus 106 on here so this it's pretty accurate Uh, Let's see what the method of victory steep a by TKO is plus 210 points submissions plus 2300 Francis KO is plus 100 so you might as well just bet that points is plus 1800 maybe a steep a by points or something like that if you really want to make some money but like I said it's gonna be tough for both these guys to go 25 minutes again and you know there's just so much uh, so little room for error. In a heavyweight. In a heavyweight mixed martial arts fight. And in uh, boxing anyway. But, but especially in a mixed martial arts fight. With all the different variables. Should be uh, entertaining to watch man. Uh, so let's move on. The co-main event is a is a, is a very uh, intriguing and entertaining. Uh, on paper fight. Tyron Woodley. Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque is minus 250. Uh, we are 100% firing Woodley. And I'll give you a few reasons. Uh, you know. Luque, Luque is a great fighter. They. He'll have the uh, the technical striking advantage. Woodley will have the power advantage. Uh Woodley's also the better wrestler and grappler. So the you know, and Luque's never uh, fought someone of uh I should say uh, of of Woodley's caliber. Woodley's a former champion, and I don't think he's ever been in there with a legit former champion. Uh his only loss in the UFC is to oh, he lost to Leon Edwards. And he lost to Stephen Thompson. So he lost to Leon Edwards in twenty seventeen. You know, wins over like guys like Bilal Muhammad, and you know, recently though, Randy Brown, Nico Price. Uh, he lost the night of the Masvidal fight to Stephen Thompson. He got he got chewed up pretty bad that night. Uh, you know, he was in that fight, but he he got chewed up. Uh, he Split decision to Mike Perry, which was you know, I thought he lost that fight. He that's the one where he. Turn Perry's nose, and I think I had Perry that night, though a wager of wager, so that that could definitely be clouding my uh, my judgment. But he knocked out, I mean, knocked out Barbarina, knocked out Jalen Turner, knocked out Derek Crantz, you know, knocked out Randy Brown as well, knocked out Nico Price. So I'm taking Woodley, bro. I don't think that that level of competition is up to the level of Woodley. Woodley is viewed as a bum now, and he lost to. Usman, Gilbert Burns, and Colby Covington, the literal three best welterweights in the world in the UFC. I don't hold that against them, and I just think the odds at plus 200, maybe they know something that I don't, but I just think plus 200 is too good of a number, and I will be i will be in on it. Uh, I don't trust Woodley by any means because you never know if Woodley's going to, uh, you know, Self-preserve or, uh, you know, I don't I, I don't like to say quit because, you know, that's just like such a damning uh, like word. But, you know, just like basically decide that we're not going to win this one. You know, I'm not I'm not willing to do what it takes to fight back in this one because it seems like sometimes in these last couple of fights, he realizes it's not going his way. And he kind of uh, is satisfied with that, like the, with making it through and just, you know, surviving kind of. And, you know, none of us have ever been in a fight like that. So I'm not going to, you know, tell you one way or the other, you know, whether that's good the right or wrong decision. I mean, that man's fighting for his life in there, but it's, you know, you you need that to be a UFC fighter to be, you know, you're, you're in there, you have to have a killer mindset and a killer's mentality and, you know, all of that whatnot. But it just seems like that's held Tyron back in the past when he's not able to, you know, fight back when things don't go his way, and I, I think uh, Connor, Connor, we've talked about that on here. Connor has a little bit of that, where it's when the going gets tough, he looks for the closest exit, uh, whichever way that is. For the you know, for some of the mostly with the grappling stuff. I mean, the Poirier fight, you can't say that because I mean things weren't going well. He wasn't really dealing with the leg kicks as well, but he got knocked out. So you know, he got fucking slept. So you, you, you can't really say he you know. Say anything real negative, uh, you know, so let's move on sugar Sean O'Malley against Thomas Almeida Almeida used to be a used to be that's like the third voice crack, bro I don't think I'm ready. I don't think my voice is cut out for this shit anymore So O'Malley He's minus 330 on the money line Obviously too much to play with there But we do have KO plus 140 all right you know, one of the proper you know plus two thirty, and plus for the uh, points, and plus eight fifty for the submission. I think the submission is something that you might want to play with here. He's got a great uh, ground game, but it seems like he's fallen like in love with the KO, obviously, and you know that's gotten him to the big dance, and uh, you know I'm sure all the endorsement deals and where where he's at now. So, you know. Probably rolling up uh Almeida in a triangle or something like that is not, you know, not his forte, but that just seems like some a uh, uh you know, a possibility here, something to look uh, look at. Almeida's been knocked out I mean, since his, he lost to Cody Garbrandt in 2016. That was his first loss. He was 21 and 0 going into that fight. So he loses to Cody, he knocks out a man named Albert Morales. Uh, That is in November of that year. So then after that, he loses to Jimmy Rivera, Rob Font, and Jonathan Martinez. You know. and Decision KO by Rob Font. Decision. uh, So what do we think here? It's probably going to be, I imagine, a KO. I'm picking Sean O'Malley. I I think he's going to win, but I just don't know how. And I'm battling back and forth. I might just take both. Why not? I don't think it goes the distance. I think I think he gets a finish here, and he's probably going to go for a KO. And who knows? It might be early. I, you you never know. But I think uh, I think Schoen should have his way with uh, Almeida because I don't think Almeida is you know I think he's a broken man. Maybe he gets up for this fight. His last fight was at featherweight. This one's at 35, which is his original. I'm sure he was like a late late call up for the Martinez fight. But he's twenty two and four and you know we'll we'll we will, we will see. But I'm going O'Malley and I'm probably going KO with a little dabble on the submission. Jillian Robertson, Miranda Maverick. Give me Miranda Maverick, minus one sixty seven. Jillian Robertson confuses me a lot with just some of the way she, like the stuff she does in fights. And uh, you know, it's like I've talked about my my uh, mentality about a lot of some of this on on here. It's just you know if I feel like I can't trust you, then you know why why would I bother betting you this? And she seems like a uh, she's very uh, this might be like a grappling battle I should say. And Miranda Maverick's young; she's only twenty three years old, and she's not really been in there with the same level of competition that Robertson has been. She's been in the UFC since, what, 2017, end of 2017, pretty much 2018. So, I mean, that's a lot more experience than she's been. I mean, how many fights does she have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fights in the UFC. So, that's a lot more experience than Miranda Maverick with her just one fight. And I guess we, we, we will see. I, I mean, the more that I just explained that to you, it seems like uh, Robertson's a live dog. But I, I just like Maverick, I'm more of a fan, and I am going with her, but folks, you you, you gotta look at both sides, you gotta make your own decisions, don't just listen to me, I'm give you, i giving you the information, I'm giving you both sides, I'm giving you my pick, but I want you to make your own choices, folks, that, that's, that's, that's what's most important here, okay, when you go to the window, you wanna feel good about it, alright, you wanna have all the information bothers you when you go and bet and then you find out the guy missed weight by like six pounds or something you're like whoa what the fuck which sometimes when i do these podcasts you can't really know because the weigh-ins aren't till friday but you know you got to do your research folks comma worthy jamie malarkey that's absolute malarkey malarkey that, that's like right up the middle it seems like uh, looking up here for a tale of the tape uh, right down the middle six six foot five eleven you know Right back and forth. Oh boy, who do we got here? Uh, a smart man would tell you to stay away, but I know most of you are degenerates and you're a gambling degenerate and you want you want someone to tell you what to pick here. Uh, Malarkey's coming off two losses. Uh, Kamal Worthy just got knocked out in his last fight by Ottoman Azaitar. who, you know, he, he's legit. So I, I reluctantly will tell you to go, oh go, uh, boy, um, Uh, give me, give me Malarkey, give me Jamie Malarkey, and I'm not, I don't know how, and I don't know when, but give me Jamie Malarkey to be comma worthy. And that will round out the uh, main card here. Uh, You know, see if there's anything in the prelims worthy of discussion. Uh, Alonzo Menafield and Fabio Charant. Yeah, I assume Charant loses. I don't know anything about him. Um, Because I believe he was supposed to fight Will Knight. Will Knight had to pull out. Yeah, COVID related. So. He's fighting some man that calls himself Fabio Charant. Uh, Jared Gooden had a, had a war with the scale today, so I mean, him and uh, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, which I believe is Khabib's cousin, which you can never tell who's an actual brother or who's not, and what what the relationship is, and whatever. So, I mean. He just got submitted by David Zawala in in 2019. The guy, like I said, the guy he's fighting, this is one you stay away from. You absolutely stay away from, and you probably, I mean, Jared Gooden stinks. So if, you know, and he's plus two hundred. So Nurmagomedov should win, but you know they said he doesn't even like to run, or that's why he gases out and fights. So it's, you know, I'm not betting. I'm not telling you to bet any of these other ones. These these fights are absolute garbage. Modestus, Busakis and Michael Olejszuk. Uh, I go Mikel and uh, Shane Young and Omar Morales. Uh, reluctantly give me Shane Young. I, and, you know, Mark Andre Barriolt, Abu Azaitar. Give me Azaitar. And that'll wrap it up for that card, folks. Enjoy it. It's going to be a great card. I do want to talk about last week a couple of the things that were exciting. I mean, Trevin Giles won. That was an L. Um. Marion Rennell lost. Grant Dawson won on the last second on a uh ground and pound strike to Leandro Santos. I believe Grant Dawson was a pick though. We did get that right. Uh Yanez knocked out uh Gustavo Lopez. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I don't even remember making a lot of these. I'm sure we didn't pick a lot because this card was garbage. Song Kanong was the one that hurt. Max Griffin knocked him out, and then Derek Brunson just dominates Kevin Holland. Holland's joking around the whole time and embarrassing himself, in my opinion, and loses the fight. I saw a lot of people making excuses for him, but you know, there, there, one, there's one difference between joking, and then there's another thing between like, yo, you know, you're losing. It's time to like start doing something about it and i i do believe that he could have done something about the ta- like I, I just don't know how you make it that far into fighting and you have no idea how to defend a takedown cuz the takedowns that uh Derek Brunson were shooting at him you know uh, after the first round second like Derek Brunson was a tired man in that third or a third fourth round he had been cracked you know Holland was 100% in that fight and it just didn't seem like he ever really wanted to you know really go after it he was scared of failing. That's what I. That's how I put it uh, after the fight. It seemed like it was like a defense mechanism for coming up short and knowing that he he was actually um, you know at, at a level where you know his skills might get tested because he's not you know knocking out uh, you know what's his name uh, I can't think George you know Joaquin Buckley Anthony Hernandez Darren Stewart split split decision okay. Charlie ontiveros like I think that's the guy who looked like uh, Lamelo and Jackson Mahomes combined uh, and then chack knocks out which he was doing the joking thing there and got lucky maybe he thinks that that's a thing he could just joke around and get lucky they can the whole time I mean, even the end of the fight he's like walking away from Brunson like like haha like like do something like come at me or something like, I I didn't get it I just I, I didn't get it at all and Maybe that was just me overestimating uh, Holland. I thought that he was going to be willing to, you know, go for it and and lay his cards on the line and just fucking, you know, go out on his sword. But he, he just had no in- – it seemed like – I know he, you know, it's – this sounds harsh, but it just seemed like he had no interest in winning the fight at a certain point. Once he realized it wasn't going to be easy, he was like, okay, I'm good. You know, that's just – whatever, man. It makes me not, like, I, I, I could give two shits when he fights again. They're not going to put him up against, you know, someone in the upper echelon of the division. He He's going to have, like, if he goes back and he's going to fight, like, who again? Who? Who? Jack Hermanson? Maybe. You know, something like that. But, no, I, I just don't care to see him fight anymore. If that's what you're going to do, if you're going to... If I'm gonna sit down and waste my time watching you fight and getting excited to see you fight, and then you come in, it's a big joke. Like you're not gonna, you know, not at the very least, entertain me. I wasn't entertained at all. It was at a certain point where like it was like funny in the beginning, but then you're like seeing him talk to Khabib in between rounds, and you're like, dude, like fucking fight, bro. Like you keep he keeps getting taken down and haha and like clapping him when like and like he has no like n- no idea what to do. His coaches aren't saying anything to him. They're just it's just like a big joke fest. Man, that's great. I mean, that's great. You're not gonna win a lot that way. You'll have a lot of fun. Life, life will be great, but you're not gonna win anything because uh, everyone else is taking it seriously. Derek Brunson was taking it very seriously. And I liked how Derek Brunson didn't give him the time of day, never uh, validated him, never gave him the you know the credit or any you know any of the shit that he was seeking. Just he was just like, hey man, wanted to be friends, like big joke, like no, it was not a joke to Derek Brunson. He came in there, he did his job, and he got it done. And he he should be proud of himself dude, because you know, I, I I although I picked against him, you know it, it, it was impressive and it was cool to see him do well, yeah, not you know not do well, but just like prove his haters wrong. And you know it's just he's a very he's a nice guy, and you know as much as I you know maybe picked against some more, you know hate on hate on some people, even though I'm rooting against you. You know, I appreciate it when you're able to prove your all your haters wrong, and you you come up on top, and you know you deserve the credit. You know, and I like to give the credit where it is due, folks. I'm running out of words, I'm running out of patience, and I'm running out of energy, folks. So that's about it for me. Uh, we will do another episode. Maybe next week we'll do two episodes, one baseball related, and probably you know, I I I want to start breaking these up into different know segments and whatever but for now I'm enjoying doing the podcast and just talking my shit I hope you guys enjoy it too so I appreciate it thank you very much ladies and gentlemen this has been the hot take hot box you are now listening to the hot take hot box